0: or something like that but it's like no I do this because I love it and like I think that that's kind of unique I think a lot of people um, going through college I got a lot of like flack for being a studio art major because that's what people like to do um, Unfortunately. and I think that a lot of it came down to not that they were mad at me or thought I was making a bad decision it was that they were making a decision they weren't happy with
1: Hello and welcome to the Merit Makers Podcast. My name is Chris Skomra. I'll be your host. Today in the studio, we have Rachel Meyer. Rachel, thank you for taking the time.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate it. So um, Rachel, if you would just wouldn't mind starting us out today, what is it that you are doing in the industry? What's, what's kind of your niche?
0: Um, I'm doing mostly sound department and art department. Those are the two I'm most interested in and the direction I'd like to go in the future.
1: Sweet. Okay. Um, We were talking a little bit before the show, and I know you're really not supposed to do a ton of that. Um, Would you mind maybe giving me a little bit of background on kind of where you started in the field or what you're currently pursuing?
0: Um, So I did the college pathway and I started there and I was a studio art major. So I started out doing a lot of collage, printmaking, painting, things like that. And almost all the way through college, which wasn't super useful, but it's what happened. um, I was like, I think I'd like to go into film. And from there, I had a couple internships and a couple jobs, and I started working on set. And I learned through my experience with radio and experience on set that I really enjoyed sound. And I knew I wanted to go in the art department direction as well because of my background. So that's kind of how I ended up here.
1: Sweet. Yeah, I think we, um, we met originally on a shoot with uh, my good friend Nick. He was uh, hosting, or I should say, producing, running a set for the road video competition this past year over 2020 uh, and we made the cyclists together Uh, what was it like for you on that set did you uh was that kind of one of your first introductions into the sound world or have you been going for a little while I don't know as much about your history as I would like so
0: so that was my second time running boom but I had done a lot of stuff in radio beforehand so I interned at WYSO in Yellow Springs and with the um youth radio program so I'd done some stuff for them and then I ran I co-hosted a radio show actually two radio shows when I was in college one was like space themed music and the other one was like a political topic each week so we'd do music we had a couple guests we'd um, talk to different people so that was kind of like my beginning to sound and um, I also do video editing as my job right now and I'd done a lot of sound editing in that
1: sweet so you've got quite the uh, quite the tool belt for you right now that's awesome yeah Uh, (laughs) And I know that we'll, we'll probably get into a little bit more about, about your work and um, everything. But before we do that, I also want to make sure that before we get too far into the episode, we share some of your um, social media handles. That's kind of something I like to do early on in the episode, whether it's right at the beginning or a little bit after we start, so that um, people that are looking to interact with you can either be checking out your social media profile while they're listening or um, just have it for reference. So have any handles you'd like to share, Facebook, Instagram, any of that?
0: So my Facebook is easy. It's my name, Rachel Z. Meyer. Um, And it's Z like zebra. My middle name starts with a Z. So it's a lot easier to find me that way. And then my Instagram is very similar. It's just Rachel Z.M.
1: Cool. I've done a little bit of looking on your Instagram. Um, It looks like you have a, like you said, you want to do um, art direction, set design. Uh, I noticed you do a lot of drawing as well. Do you have a history of any like sort of animation, illustration Um, what were those drawings that you have on your social media right now? Are they, um, just previous art projects or what's the story there?
0: A lot of those are my sketches, especially for Inktober. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's like every single day of October, you do a different ink drawing. Um, so, and a couple of those I did, um, screen printing because, you know, just like to shake it up. So a lot of those are Inktober drawings, um, or just sketches I've done. Um, they're not a lot of my finished projects but it is a lot of stuff that was just, like, for fun. Um, I kind of had, like, this octopus character I started, like, throwing in different situations, so that's been a lot of fun.
1: That's sweet. I I remember doing – my brother and I used to draw stick figure comics when we were younger. Uh, I have a younger brother. He's two years my junior, and um, we'd have Stan the Parachute Man. That was – a little stick figure that would just jump out of airplanes and land in really crazy places or jump off of cliffs and it was we were very strange children but um making art young i think is such a really big thing with a lot of creatives i mean you see so many common threads last week uh, i was talking with my buddy nate uh nathan about uh, i believe we were talking about gaming and even legos at some point and that's just uh legos i think in general are such a really really creative way to start your kids young if you want if they have interest in wanting to be in any of these artsy careers uh, but that's kind of off track with your uh, interest in wanting to pursue sound I'd love to hear a little bit about your previous experience um, and that's kind of the point with this show as well is making sure that uh, the people that come on know that you don't have to have a lot under your belt in order to You know have a conversation with us we want to make sure that we're helping people that are trying to get started or that need a platform to get in front of other directors producers or even fellow creatives so that um, people can get more work and more projects Um, so please don't feel like you have to uh, uh, make the experience you have seem bigger than it is because everyone starts somewhere Um, so what i'd love to do is hear a little bit about your experience in addition to nick's project that you and I met on and I know I also brought mm-hmm. you on to um a set with my good friend yeah. Ian who hopefully will also be a guest on this show eventually um that was let's see that was later later in 2020 for uh, a pilot episode or a sizzle reel uh, more realistically for a series he's working on so um in the sound field where is it you're, where, where is it you're trying to go and what uh, specifically is the experience that you've had so that people can kind of get in a little bit of an idea there?
0: So in terms of sound, um, kind of where I started, um, like I said before, I started with radio actually, and I kind of fell in love with radio. It was a whim decision. Um, it was senior year. It was just like, Hey, why don't we do this radio show? And it was really fun. Like we started spending more time on it than we were spending on some of our classes. And it was just like, great to like go through music and do that every week and then like in the fall, I happened to still be where my school is. And um, as alumni, we had a second radio show. And that was even cooler because we were talking about like current issues. We were interviewing people about things we talked to. Um, we did one about the Me Too movement and we talked to like the Title IX coordinator at McAllister, where we went to school and we did a lot of cool stuff like that. And then working at um, WYSO, like an actual like NPR radio station, it was like i walked in there and it was like you know walking into some kind of amazing dream world i was like oh my god everything's so cool (laughs) like so that was really eye-opening and then in terms of on set like it was actually kind of a funny thing because i had contacted um a group of people before the pandemic and i was like hey i'd really like to work with you if you like need me on anything and we were going to do a shoot and then the pandemic hit it got pushed to july and they were like hey why don't you run boom? And I was like, I've never done that before. And they're like, it's okay, we'll teach you. And just kind of on the fly, I learned how to do it. And I learned that I loved doing it. And it was really fun. And um, just like had a great time with it. And so from there, I worked boom on the cyclist and then on knowing shale hollow. And then on um, another production, I did boom as well as like working with lapel mics and just kind of running like being kind of the person running sound, which was like, really amazing. I felt kind of like a spy. Um, so that would be a cool direction to go in. But honestly, like, I've been having fun with boom, I'm kind of game to do whatever.
1: That's, um, I, I totally relate to feeling like a spy, my, uh, my history, in terms of where I started, uh, kind of took a similar path, not not as much on the um, on the radio side. But when I started back in, technically, I've been doing this professionally now since like 2013. I started in editing however uh, my first onset jobs was uh, producing and sound and so with that um, I would have my headset on I'd I'd be working with like a zoom h4n very simple setup uh, with with a janky boom because it was it was like really super indie stuff Uh, and you can literally just point the mic on the, if you if you have if you have this uh, if you have your poll, you can just listen in on other conversations just by mm-hmm. rotating it. It's it's one of those fun things that um, as a unless you're doing the job, you don't know, like. Oh, this is kind of cool. So I I can totally can totally relate to what you're saying there with um, sound in general. I really think it's an unappreciated field. Um, coming from that area is kind of where I started in that background, so to speak. It's something that I really appreciate, and that's also why I wanted to bring you on. In addition to um, and i'm sure we can talk about this later if you would like but um, in addition to you being uh, female and really wanting to pursue this that's something that i wanted to make sure that we can highlight um is that hey rachel really wants to do this to clarify sort of to everyone else out there who's either listening or watching on youtube um, for this show and for anyone who's interested in coming on i want to make sure that i am bringing on people that have a really good mindset, really good work ethic. You don't have to have the best portfolio because like I said, everyone starts somewhere. Um, But the main goal is to help give people a platform. Like for myself, and this is something I'll probably say a lot. um, I know I have the skill set, the mindset, the experience. I've got quite a bit um, that I just need to get in front of the right person. And so that's a problem that I had. And it's kind of one of those things like, I wanna help other people that have that same problem. And so that's why I'm making this show. Um, and I know you and I were talking a little bit about this before we uh, got into the episode. So if you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear what you think about that. But um, mainly the to wrap up on my own point is that I want to bring on people that do good work and that are really wanting to just hustle and do more and make, make friends, connections, and uh, just put themselves out there. So I'll shut up uh, after you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. I've met so many really hardworking, amazing people, just jumping from set to set here in Ohio, and like, there, it's just like, wow, you know, if we could just get this TV show through, if we could just like get all these people together and do something cool, like I think that we could make some really good stuff. So I think that that's a really, really amazing goal. And like, thank you for having me and for doing this.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's um, something that I. Personally, I'm trying to help as well as uh, the local community. I know I've already talked about this a little bit today, but um, there are so many projects that I kind of like have my hands in on a producing side of things where I'm just trying to get these people in front of the right either uh, funding or the, the right freelancers to make it happen. Like you and I, uh, you mentioned Shale Hollow. That was the project that uh, I brought you on for uh, helping out with Ian and his work. Right now, um, I'm, I'm not really going to say too much about it because I don't know what I can say, but they are working really hard to make sure that this can be a benefit to the local Midwest and Ohio community specifically. Um, and I don't want to put words in Ian's mouth, but what I think he'd be comfortable with me saying is that he's trying to keep it local. Um, and if he can't, if the funding that he eventually acquires for the show... Uh, if they have to go out to L.A. to shoot for whatever deal he can make with whichever funding entity he gets, um, he'll try and bring the crew with him. And that's part of the main reasons why I want to help with that project so much is because he is uh, he's not just go- taking the project elsewhere to make it. If he can't make it here, he's going to bring the people that are here out there to make it. Um, not permanently, obviously, but uh, that's something I really respect is he's trying to help grow the local Columbus and Midwest community. And that's something I'm trying to do as well.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that's really important. And like, I've noticed that that is a goal a lot of people have. It's very collaborative here. And I really enjoy that. Um, I don't, I'm a very competitive person. But like, in terms of work, it's not really helpful. For me, at least, like, I would rather work with people and make cool things. And that's like, part of why film was interesting to me was to have that kind of teamwork to make something really amazing like you shoot a day and especially if it's a short if you finish that day it's like you made something that's really a great feeling there's not a lot of people who can say that at the end of the day like i made something and you know and sometimes like millions of people see it which is pretty amazing and i think that's a really admirable and important thing to do and it's something if i ever were to direct produce something i would definitely want to do because this community has really supported me, and there's a lot of hardworking, good work here.
1: For sure. Absolutely, and that's something that I think I've realized as well as um, a lot of other people, like you were saying there. It's a very collaborative um, community that we have where people are trying to um, get jobs for other people. You do have a lot of competition, but our market is in a really interesting spot where um uh, there isn't enough competition to make you feel like you're going to have to beat everyone out there is lots Mm -hmm. of undercutting I will say that and that's something that I'm personally trying to combat against is the low rates and that's something we can get into if you have any interest there but um, in general for a lot of the indie projects or on the commercial side not as much in corporate but um, you have a lot of music videos short films uh, documentaries most of the time, the people that are running those are just trying to get them off the ground, and they're willing to take any help that they can get, or they are um, really looking to make some good connections. And so that's, uh, I think, personally, in my opinion, a very healthy thing to have an, an open and welcoming um, environment for people who want to do good work and that have the right skill set, or people who want to learn, which is even better. Um, with that being said, I'm wondering kind of what your thoughts are a little bit on, um, the freelance community in general. Are you looking to, uh, go into a freelance career or are you maybe looking to work at, um, I know NPR isn't film, but somewhere like the radio space, or are you looking to maybe get into doing sound professionally for a studio or what's, where are you trying to go? Cause the, uh, again, with one of the goals of this show is to help, um, give people that platform to put out into the world, Hey, here's what I want to do. Here's what, where I want to go. Um, so that the audience, the people listening can either connect with you and collaborate or hire you if there's a producer or a director or a business owner out there looking for people.
0: Um, I think that's a hard question just cause like, Very. it's, <laughs> it's, I think the question on anyone in this position's mind a lot, but, um, it's, it is kind of like, um, I've kind of gone with what's I've liked, I guess so far. And like right now where I envision myself is doing something like freelancing. Um, I've been really enjoying sound. I'd like to do a little more work in the art department too, just to like see where I really fit. And maybe that's sound. Maybe that's art. Maybe it's both. Like, um, I did a little bit of work with, um, like a live stream. That was really cool, but just really different from anything else I've ever done. So like, Um, I guess that's not really an answer to that question, but it's, I think freelancing is probably the direction I'm going in. But like at the same time, like that doesn't necessarily mean it is where I will go.
1: Understood. And yeah, that's a big thing, especially with our, with the Midwest in general. Uh, I, I talk with a lot of people that are out on the coasts and, um, a big thing out, especially in LA, California, or even down in Georgia, um, is that people get pigeonholed. A lot and this is a big thing that personally I've gone back and forth on whether I want to be a specialist in one area or wear multiple hats when you're living here you have to be able to do a little bit of everything which is both a good and a bad thing it's a bad thing if you don't know what you're doing so if you need to learn it's a little bit harder but if you have all those skill sets you're more useful to the local freelance community and you're more likely to get hired Um, if you're out on the coast um, California um georgia florida dc um even in areas like like a texas or something like that where you have these larger hubs you can get by with just being an ac or just being a uh, a line producer or a sound op a boom or even a mixer a lot of people don't even know those are two different things um my question uh what reason why i'm bringing this up is, um, do you see yourself maybe going into specialty more or or wearing multiple hats? I don't know if you kind of answered that already, but I'm trying to figure out just to give people who are listening an idea of what Rachel would want or be open to. Because even if you don't know, like you can stay, you can still put it out there, hey, I want to learn about this. And that would still maybe give you an opportunity somewhere. So that's, that's where my head's at right now.
0: Um. So I think I enjoy wearing multiple hats. I've done all kinds of different things on set. And like, I've helped with lighting sometimes, like, that's really cool, I'd like to learn more about that, like, it's just a whole different way of thinking about things, and that was really fun when I, when I have done that, Um, like, I've done a little bit with art department, I've done stuff with sound, I've, you know, of course, as PA, you take, you pick up things, bring things places, like, I was on set once and drove a gator, like, I've done a lot of weird stuff, and, like, I enjoy that, Um, I think it's fun, I, like, having my days be varied. Um, and that's part of why I thought this was a more, like, I know I'm someone who could not work in an office. Like that would not be a good job for me for a variety of reasons, but that's one is like, just like every day is different. And so I enjoy kind of doing different things, slipping from between different jobs. Would I one day maybe go in a specific direction? Possibly. I mean, I've even like considered recently, I'm like, hey, you know, I did some acting in high school. Maybe I'll like see if someone wants an extra sometime, just get on set and like have fun. So I'm pretty open to anything, which is like a positive and a negative, (laughs) but maybe one day I'd go in a specific direction, but it's also helpful. Like if one day I do decide to go in like a bigger, like, you know, assistant director, director, direction, maybe like I don't know if I will do that. I have no idea. But if I ever do, then I have a concept of like how the departments work, mm. and I think that that's really useful. Even if you are just doing sound, like as someone who's done editing, it's like okay, well now I know how to better make sound so that the editor doesn't have as hard of a time. So I really like the kind of moving around.
1: I think that's what you're what you're going to be pursuing, and I I say often about myself, it's like. I have changed so many directions over the course of 2020 of kind of where I tell people I want to go. that it's like, I feel like I'm not being fair because some people will say like, Hey, how's this going? I'm like, how's what? Go- oh yeah. That, um, I just, I'm over here now. And so totally get that. Uh, in terms of your art department, um, I'd love to hear uh, artwork. I'd love to hear a little bit about sort of where you have any interest in that because, um, this is an area that i'm not as educated in in terms of other areas of production like i know a lot about the camera side and even sound and um producing and all these other areas that are more technical but in terms of set design art direction set dressing i know very little do you have anywhere in particular that you'd want to pursue in that because there are people out there who like only do not saying that you'd be interested in construction but they only like build sets and then there are other people who focus on props and then there are plenty of others who um also are just in like the location scouting department or uh, what i'm trying to ask is just to, to narrow it down even even to a finer grain is there anywhere in art department that you really want to focus on
0: um i i don't know um probably something like set decoration or props I am a collage artist as a background and like that's really a lot of a lot of stuff that I really enjoy when I do art that I like I feel like is successful at least um, is I have really subtle things so like maybe there'll be a sky and I'll find the word sky and something and I'll put it up there and it's tiny little print and probably no one will ever see it but me but I put it there and I feel like that's something that lends really well to doing something like set decoration or props I am the person who watches a TV show and is like, why do they have that poster in their room? What does that say about them? Like, what kind of milkshake are they drinking? It looks like strawberry. Do they always drink strawberry milkshakes? So that's something I have always been attuned to, like, for years. Um, so I think that that, like, kind of the subtleties would be a good direction for me to go in because it's something that I pay attention to and I find comes very naturally.
1: It's the minor details, exactly. And that's something that I think a lot of people... Um... A lot of people miss, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Like you'll have uh, continuity problems, or if you are yeah. going to be shooting a short film, um, sticking with that vein, you might have a character move something in a scene, and then you'll have to go back and re-record it, and you won't realize, oh, that cup actually wasn't on the counter; it's now on the kitchen table. Um, we need to reshoot that now. And it's it's there's so many so there's uh, there's a ton of value in making sure that someone's focused on the minor details. So props for you, no pun intended. (laughs) Um, So something interesting I wanted to bring up with you as well is sort of your background um, with education. I heard uh, through the vine a little bit that you had some work in juvenile detention where you were teaching some kind of art or maybe film class. Uh, Would you mind sharing a little bit about that?
0: So that was like my first real job out of college. I had actually a couple like film internships before that and like pay the bills jobs also. Um, And I'd done a lot of work with kids before then. So I used to coach swimming. I did, I worked at the Children's Museum as one of my internships. And I did, um, worked with a youth filmmaking program as well. And so um, my job there was, there were kind of two different elements to it. So there was an after-school program that was pretty amazing that they ran. Um, and most of those kids were kids that were like involved with the court. Some of them were more more, like truancy type things. And they, um, did so many things there. They did cooking, they did resume work, they did classes, they did counseling. Like it was really incredible. Like all the things they had running there, they had clothes there for people if they needed an extra set of clothes. Um, and mostly what I did there was, um, filmmaking and a lot of that was, um, like I taught them a little bit of editing, and a lot of it was just getting them out to use the camera. Um, they really liked doing kind of blog style things. So that was really fun. Um, just learning how to use the settings and stuff like that. And it really was an important job for me because it kind of changed my mindset a lot about, first of all, like how to introduce film, like what's kind of important to someone starting out, but also like um, it kind of changed my priorities a little bit and like what I might hope to do in the future. Like, I think, and I really honestly don't know where I'm going, but it'd be really cool to set up something to mentor in the future. Um, And in terms of what I was doing in detention, um, like, there was a lot more limitations there, so that wasn't really somewhere that you could or would bring, like, a video camera um, in terms of situations. Um, So we did mural painting there, and it was really amazing because the kids... um, we did like, I kind of drew out the first one and we did like a grid system and, um, they helped with the grid and the painting and everything. But then the kids saw that first one and they designed all the other ones pretty much. So like, there's a lot of talent, a lot of skill there. That's just like untapped. And like, um, I hope that, you know, it takes them in some direction in the future. Um, cause they definitely have like a lot of talent, And I hope too, that like, even if you're not taking away, like designing things, like you can make a good living, like painting houses, something like that. And so that's just a skill that you can bring other places and kind of the same goes for film, just like having an idea of how those things work and like handing a camera to people that wouldn't get to work with those, like that type of equipment, I think was really cool for everybody.
1: Absolutely. And that's something that I really respect is people that try to give others opportunities um, especially those that maybe society or uh, the regular person would not consider. Um, and that's, that's kind of as well back to what this show is doing as well as trying to get people that camera in their hands, so to speak. I mean, a lot of the people that we'll have on the show already have cameras and either have experience or they own a little bit of equipment or none at all, and they just rent, uh, but the point is, good on you. Um, trying to do the same in sort of a little bit of a different way. But you, you touched on um, something as well, and I think this is relevant to a point I had earlier where you said you don't know where you're going, and, um, and don't worry, I'm not going to ask more fine details because I know that's probably bugging you at this point. And I think we got pretty close to um, the most helpful thing for you there. But uh, one of the biggest problems that I think I've had... Um, is the pressure of not knowing where to go or what to do and feeling like I have to. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well because we're both pretty young. Um, we both grew up during the cell phone slash social media age. And this, uh, it's, it's cliche to say, but you see the highlight reel on Instagram or you see what everyone else is doing. And this is something that I think about too. I've had people tell me, hey, looks like you're living the dream, bro. I'm like, what? No, I'm just working my butt (laughs) off. It's not, I'm not uh, by any means trying to make people think, oh, Chris is getting all these opportunities or he's always working on set. How does he does it? Or uh, a lot of what I think I'll be expressing on this show and trying to help people realize is that insecurity is natural and it's okay. And it's something that I really struggle with as well. Um, And seeing people that are kind of way out of my league or people that are sort of on my level that are doing all these good, great things Um, I don't want that to be normal. I want to have the ability to get people more opportunities. Even if there's nothing I can do personally to help with those feelings, I can at least try and get people more jobs and help as many people as I can. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the whole. Do you think pressure, do you also feel that uh, that same way where if you see someone Uh, on social media, or if you learn about someone who just seems to be like they're killing in the industry? um, Is that something you experience as well?
0: I think that it's very easy when you're in the arts, especially to go, I'm not doing enough, I'm not producing enough, I'm not like, you know, connecting enough with opportunities, because this is such a type of work that you have to do so much work to get in, that it's, it's really easy to feel like you're not doing enough. And I think that especially now, it's, I'm at least trying to take a bit of a break on myself and be like, okay, there's a lot of external pressure right now. There's a lot of stressful things happening in the world. There's a lot of tumultuous things happening. Like, it's okay if you're not producing as much, doing as much, connecting as much as you normally would or feel like you should. But I definitely, like, have felt that pressure. And especially, like, you get out of college, you get out of high school, whenever you get to that point and you like start grad school, like your doctorate, whenever is that point that you're like, okay, now I have to get a job. Everyone's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it's like, no one really takes the time to go. This is a really hard period of time being like that quote, young professional and like trying to figure out what you're going to do because like, you're still trying to figure out like how to have all the meals during a day and like how to pay, the utility bill and do all that other stuff. And like, we're still like, our brains aren't fully developed till 25. So we don't really know a lot of other stuff. And then you have to figure out like potentially your whole life. At least that's how it used to be. Um, So I've definitely felt a lot of that pressure. I think that it's both a blessing and not that a lot of people have no idea what film is and how it works. So I mean, even like, studio art, they'd be like, so what is that like sculpture? And I'm, or is that, you know, filmmaking? And I'm like, No, it's like the traditional, like painting, drawing, like, um, so I think there's, that's both helpful, because then there's a little more leeway. But it's also difficult, because then um, people have a lot of weird things they say about it, like, Oh, well, you know, my great nephew once thought about doing film, yeah, and you're like, <laughs> cool. Like
1: a, my my second cousin twice removed is uh, is helping out with this project that his boss's niece is doing, and it's like, great.
0: And it's using What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs>
1: it's I I appreciate people who try to relate on that level, and there's there's a whole other thing too when you are an artist, uh, even a even an entrepreneur. When you're doing anything outside of the typical nine-to-five, there are so many people that say either one, get a real job, or two, oh, what is that? Um, And how is that going to pay your bills? Personally, for myself, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is how I can get a pipeline built Mm
0: -hmm. to uh,
1: provide myself with future uh, consistent work. And so I'm trying to take the time to... Um, establish connections clients resources um, collaboration partners like this this show is in a sense is also helping me as the host get connected and learn more about more people so not only can i say oh rachel really really wants to do art department i know uh, x y and z person who's looking for an art pa i will send rachel's info to that person replace rachel with whoever the guest is that's like the whole goal um but yeah, I'm also trying to make more friends because it can be a pretty lonely business working in um, our field, especially right now with COVID. Sets are being reduced to um, more than, less than I should say, like five people or, or even just one, two, three man bands. It's, it's not what it used to be. And so um, one thing I'm trying to do to sort of help combat that is at least get more people opportunities. Uh, and I think you you touched on in terms of the pressure I think it's it's real um and it's not something that we are currently as a young society I don't mean to say America is young we're almost 200 years old but like the youth in our generation is kind of just sucking it up and taking it and we're not necessarily doing anything about it at the moment could change I'm trying to get it to change but um I appreciate you sharing that and so thank you and I and I agree that it's it's uh, it's a problem. It's an issue. Do you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share on that?
0: Yeah, that's a it's a good topic to talk about because I think that, like you said, it can get lonely, and a lot of people are feeling it. And I think it's also it's the kind of business that, like, I feel like I've felt many times, like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to approach this situation. So, thing like a resume, like I learned in school how to do an academic resume but doing a resume for filmmaking is different. Like you don't have to list the equipment you own on an academic resume and your education isn't as important on a film resume. So it's like, those are like simple things that it's like, it just feels very unapproachable sometimes. And that's why like doing things like this and building connections is so important because I think that that's half the problem too, is like, there's that difficulty of like taking that next step of like, what do I want to do? But there's also that difficulty of like, um, how do I do, and which do I do? Do I work on my LinkedIn? Do I get a, you know, staff me up? Do I, like, do my resume? Do I do a reel? Like, what, what's next? And what do people want?
1: So confusing. It's really a wild west in terms of our current understanding of how jobs work and how careers happen uh, that's what I thats what I kind of see the creative field as at the moment. People are always, no one has it figured out, but they're always striving to find that magic button that makes you a professional that you can press, and it doesn't really exist, and that's, that's what I think everyone is slowly discovering, that you have your own way of doing things. Um, some people I know only get hired off of Facebook. Other people only rely on, uh, like you said, staff me up a lot of like TV and episodic shows only use Staff Me Up. I was just on a project in uh, West Virginia, what was it, like a week or two ago now, um, where I was talking to them about, about this specific subject. I'm like, yeah, we the first thing we do is we check Staff Me Up, and if you don't have a profile, uh, unless it's like a dire emergency, which is the reason why I was brought onto that show is because someone dropped out last minute, uh, and I found out about that through Facebook, but point is with Staff Me Up, uh, if you don't have a Staff Me Up, they won't hire you. And so I'm like, yeah, that's a, bit of a, that's a bit of a shock there. I didn't realize that. Should probably get to staff me up now. It's those little bits of information that aren't really widely available that I think would be very helpful to the local community um, because there aren't as many, there are lots of resources. People just don't know they exist. And mm-hmm. so that's um, what I'm also trying to help people with is make sure that people are aware of, hey, Rachel does sound. And so um, if you're looking for a sound person, call and or text and or message Rachel uh, or anyone that I bring on who's a camera operator or an art director or a director, producer, whatever it is. That is the that is one of the major goals of the show, um, just to kind of go back to that. And I know I'm sounding like a broken record when I, when I repeat all these things, but we're pretty early on, so I'm trying to make sure that it's known to the audience. Um, so in regards to... Um, We've already covered sort of like your, your background and where you want to go. Um, but I'm wondering in terms, of, um, in terms of equipment you're familiar with working, um, what is it that you've used in the past so that people have an idea kind of like where your skill set is at the moment when doing boom operation or mixing anything like that?
0: I guess like various Zooms would be the best way to put it because like I feel like everyone has like a slightly different one. And like, they're, they're pretty similar. Um, in terms of actual equipment, I actually just got some of my own equipment, which was super exciting. I got, um, a gig I wasn't expecting. And I was like, time to get a boom pole. Um, (laughs) so, um, I have like kind of my stuff for doing a, like a boom pole. Um, uh, so I've used, you know, I've used mostly road mics, but I have a different mic. Um, I've used, like, a lot of different kind of editing software, especially, like, with an arts background. I have some experience in Photoshop. Um, I have, I just have been teaching myself how to use After Effects and have been doing some motion graphics for work. So, like, that's been super exciting. Like, that was one of those things you open and you're like, oh, my God. And now I, like, can actually use it. So many buttons. Yeah. And, of course, it doesn't fit with Premiere that well at all because that would make sense. Um, but, so I've used Premiere quite a bit. Um, I've used a few different sounds. I think it's called Hindenburg I've used before. Um, like a little bit with Audacity, but not too much. So just kind of a little bit of everything.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that's important to have that wide, that wide range of, um, experience coming from an editing background in addition to my producing and sound days, um, I started learning on um, a more of a business or corporate oriented software called Camtasia, um, Camtasia Studio. And then I migrated over to Premiere. And then when I first got into After Effects, I'm like, there is so <laughs> much here that I do not understand. It hurts my brain. <laughs> uh, eventually, I learned the basics and I can do some basic keyframing framing and um, low level animation. Um, I used to do a lot with 3D rendering and text and stuff like using Cinema 4D, Um, or even a little bit of Maya. And it would mainly just be for very basic extrusion. Um, But I think it's really cool that you're that you're learning after effects. And um, on the editing side of things as well as there, are you looking to pursue that as a potential career?
0: Um, So weirdly, uh, I, like I do editing now, and I learned that it is really hard on my wrists. Mm. Um, And so I would maybe do it as like a side hustle, but like, I would like to not have to get like carpal tunnel surgery before I'm like 35. So like, so like that was kind of like more of a medical reason as to why I wouldn't want to do it full time all the time. Cause like, I came into it, like being like, this could be what I want to do. Like, I really love editing and it's kind of like a big, like moving collage to me. So it's something that feels very familiar. But like, when I think about like for health reasons, like it's a tough call but like, it's really hard on my wrist. It's hard on my eyes. And like, if I can't use my wrist and eyes, I can't do art. So, um, like that's, it's a tough decision, but it's not something I would do. I would do as like a side thing, but I wouldn't do it full time.
1: Yeah. Self-care, taking care of your, your body as well as your mind, I think is something that we, as, as the younger generation that are kind of coming up in the field, we aren't thinking about that as much as we should be. There are lots of people out there who are a sort of taking a stand in that area and are trying to um, change how our culture currently handles stress. Um, but also, like, that's something that I relate to a lot with the carpal tunnel, is because I played a lot of video games growing up. And this is harkening back to our last episode where um, it was to a point where uh, I was spending a ton of time just on the computer. And I have had in the past some. Um, I don't know if inklings is the right word but some hints towards oh i may be starting to develop carpal tunnel and that's scary so uh, i'm now conscious of where my wrists are when i'm editing or if i'm playing a game or if i am just working on the computer um how do you see our industry going forward with the whole both the stress but also the physical physical health do you think that from your experience and from what you're seeing our generation is kind of taking that into account. Um, the one note I would add to that is a lot of us that are out there, and this is mainly for context, is that I can attest to this myself. I'm, I'm guilty of it. Um, we have a large culture of hustlers where we don't really care about anything except the work or the networking or the getting paid if you need to pay bills, which is important. Um, but I'm wondering sort of what your thoughts are on on that, should we be paying more attention or is it, uh, just something that's kind of an every man for himself type of thing?
0: I think it's hard. Like that's a really hard thing in general. I think that the positive thing is that people are a lot more aware of things like physical and mental health now. Now, whether that means they implement it for use with themselves, um, is another question. And like, but I think that that awareness at least is good. So it's at least like, okay, well, this could be what's going on with me. And I think via that too, um, especially if you're like on a set for a long time, someone else might notice like, Hey, it seems like you're having a hard time. You know, you keep like holding your wrist, like what's going on with you. Um, but it is tough and something that is kind of, there are a lot of, it is a lot of gig work and like that you don't have that kind of like camaraderie, like an office where someone would really notice if something was going on with you so that kind of puts a lot on the individual which is a a tough situation um i've heard like i've been on a few different like zoom things about like where things are going especially at the beginning of covid um not as much now because i think everyone's just kind of like well we'll see but um there was a lot of talk about kind of some of those industry standards changing because of covid because it like has to if you feel sick there's not that going to be that standard of like we'll come until the director sends you home. Well, don't come. You're sick. You might give people a really bad disease. It's going to be like a different mindset. So I don't know how that would play in to other things. I think that this, like, young people now are very career-oriented. They're very motivated. Um, Like, people are a lot more focused, which is positive and negative. Um, Kind of like, from my understanding, a lot of us watched that, really bad recession happen in our childhood and are like, that's not happening to me. Nope. <laughs> so that really changes the mindset of like, well, I care less about myself. I care more about having this job. And I know that like, I'm guilty of that. I've done crazy things with sleep and, you know, like driving a million hours and all that kind of stuff, just because like, I'm trying to get a start. But I think that, you know, it would be good to have these conversations because we want everyone to be safe ultimately
1: safe and healthy uh long term especially and that's mm-hmm. something that i am guilty of not thinking about all as much as i should um and i want to make sure that future me is happy with the decisions that i make today and that's something i think a lot of us should be considering and uh we're not and it's not because we're choosing not to but because there's like we touched on earlier that pressure and that um, that feeling of oh I need to work because everything is uh, it seems like you are never doing enough and I think to myself what is the cause of that and personally I think a lot of that is the social media to go to circle back to that uh, a little bit a lot of that is the social pressure that we have it is no longer okay um, to work at your own pace it is no longer seen as i should say it is no longer perceived um as a positive that you are figuring things out you always need to be on the ball you always need to be working you always need to be doing x y and z and i think to myself as someone who's guilty of falling into that hole like what is this doing to future me and what is it doing to present me that is negative um there's there's some positives like you touched on earlier you're earning more money you're making connections sooner you're taking opportunities that may may have passed you by otherwise but um on top of or under all of that i should say i think is something that's really important that not a lot of us are taking into consideration so to avoid um repeating myself i think that's just something I, i think a lot of us need to look at myself included um and I think that's, that's a fairly decent note to end on. If you have any other um, topics you wanted to cover, was there anything that you wanted to go over that we may have missed?
0: Um, like, I don't know if this is useful, but like, I really liked what you said about that, like, press a button. Here's your career thing. Cause I, I don't know, like um, kind of what everyone's like pressures and like social situations are, but like, as being someone who went to college, I think that there's a lot of pressure to, to like consider grad school, which is something that I've, I, I w- am very clear for a long time that it's not what I want to do right now. And like, if I plan, if I go, I'm not going to go and film, I'm going to go because I want to learn something else. Probably it would be something like mathematics. Um, so I think that that's really important, um, to consider is that like, we are in this job situation that is not like, There are so many job situations, something like that. You go into academics, you go to grad school, you get a job, you know, you maybe get your PhD, you get a job, you do your research, you do. And like, this isn't like, I think people have so much trouble relating because it's not like that. There's not a linear path. Most people I talk to are like, well, it's kind of a funny story. I started out da, 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 And like, I'm like, okay, well, who has a normal story then? Like, I don't know that I've even talked to one person who's like, well, I went to film school. And then I like, like, I don't even know if I've talked to one person who said that. Hmm. So it's just, it's just different.
1: Everyone's story is unique. Everyone's different. Exactly. Um, and so I think I, I have a few thoughts on this. So we'll, we'll take the episode a little bit farther. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I think you bring up a very good point where if you are going to be applying for a job and you have a film degree, Having a degree in any field, I think, puts you above the competition in terms of a hiring standpoint, which is very sad. Uh, and I'm, I'm fairly passionate about this, um, where if you are going to be applying to a corporate job, where you're working for a boss, nine to five or flexible hours, whatever it is, if you are under an entity, if you are not freelance, if you are a salary position, um, let's take the example of like, a, a video marketing person for mm-hmm. a small business. If you go to that business owner and say, uh, as, as you're, if you're person A, applicant A, and you're going to apply to a business with a degree that you got from film school, and you have a little bit of work under your belt that you've just done at the school, um, uh, like to take your example, um, and because you have that piece of paper, if you're going up against person B, who's been working in the field for 10 years, has lots of experience, is looking for a regular income to sustain a growing family or something like that, chances are you will be beaten out by that film school student because they have the piece of paper in that salary position. And again, that's, that's, that's sad, that's frustrating. That is pretty much the only reason that I take classes with film school is because I want to have that piece of paper in my back pocket it's a safety net I am by no means as a film student relying on my experience from my degree program to get me a job um, in the freelance field or to uh, get me anything really aside from that resume uh, that resume item and what's what's really upsetting about the whole thing and I feel like I kind of haven't explained it as well as I wanted to if you have person A and person B, the employer uses that degree as a filter for the, for the hiring funnel, if we want to call it that. If you have 50 applicants and only 10 of them have degrees, those 10, most of the time, are going to be the only people that are considered just because that employer needs a way to narrow it down. And that eliminates so much potential with everyone who's been, maybe you have a veteran in the field who's been working for 20 plus years, he can do such a he or she can do such a better job, uh, in that position. They just didn't take the time to go to school because they were spending all their time working, and um, that's that's something that I I find frustrating and that I'm trying to help um, the freelance community with is providing them more jobs, so that you know they don't have to go to the employer work that nine to five. Um, and I totally relate to what you said as well with the sitting behind the desk. That couldn't be me either um for a little while I was thinking I wanted to do be a professional colorist um like I even had that in my bio and everything I was pursuing gigs I was doing tests with that and um helping out a few projects and I found that I could I could do it but I don't want to be behind a computer screen Mm -hmm. my entire life I mean it's I'm already doing that enough as it is with doing uh what I currently do if I were to only do colorist work for the majority of my career that's I'm going to be miserable. Um, and so there's, there's kind of, there's a two points there. You have the, the hiring and then the, the behind a desk. And, um, I feel like I'm going on a, on a non-ending ramble. So I'm, I'm just going to throw it back to you, put the ball in your court. What do you think about the whole, the whole hiring thing? Do you have similar feelings or?
0: Um, I have very similar feelings, I think. Um, I went to college because it was what I really wanted to do, and it was what I needed to do, and it was a really good transition for me to, like, kind of slowly learn to be an adult, figure out a little bit more of what I wanted, because I didn't know. Like, I knew that I was interested in a lot of things. I knew that I would probably ultimately get a degree in art. Um, I, kind of, my interests have always boiled down to kind of art and mathematics, um, but I've always chosen art because it's something that I can get frustrated with, throw against the wall. And like at the end of the day, we're still friends and I don't know if I can do that with math and math is going to lead more to a career, like you said, behind a desk, which is not what I want. Um, but it was a really, it was a good experience for me. It got me living in a new place. Like I met a lot of really interesting people, but like those four years was the end of it for now, at least for me. And like the way I view education is like, it's, it's a gift and like it's expensive too. And if I'm going to go back to school, I'm going to go back because I'm really invested in learning, not because I feel like I need to for a career, but that does put you in a position that like, you're going to have better connections. If you go to film school, both like college and grad school, I didn't go to film school. So that puts me in kind of a weird place. Um, I went to liberal arts school. Um, but I think it's really a problem to discount people who haven't gone to school who are working especially in fields like this because like those are people who are super motivated knew what they wanted and are going after it and that's like super amazing like that was something that i needed a lot more time to get to and i think that we all take our pace some people are 50 and they're like this isn't cutting it i need to do something else and that's equally valid to being you know 17 18 and knowing what you want to do but like at 17 18 you know, a lot less about other things to be fair. oh Um, so I think that's really like, I've met a lot of people who haven't gone to film school, who haven't gone to college and like went right out of high school and it's really admirable and amazing. And I like really respect that. And a lot of those people are younger than me and have more experience than me, which is, you know, I did what I needed to do and I don't regret that. I'm very proud of my degree. It was very hard and it was a lot of work, and um, it was exactly what I needed. It was the path I needed to take.
1: And that's what I think a lot of the employers use that degree for, is that you, and uh, of course anyone who does the, a degree program of whatever it is, they put effort and time into it, and it is seen as an achievement as in addition to um, display of work ethic. Mm-hmm. The employer, the reason why they use that as a, as a funnel in a lot of cases is because they say, well, this person was dedicated to this program for two or four or however many years, um, and that shows to me as the person who would be hiring said employee that they will be a good fit for my business because they stuck with whatever it is. The unfortunate thing is that they're not looking at those freelance people who didn't go to school and in the same light see all the projects that they did. And it's tough too when you are applying for a, a corporate position as a freelancer not to freelance, but to be on salary, because you don't really fit in the mold that they are used to having, where it's, here's where I went to school for high school, here's where I went to school for college, here's the internship I had after college, and now here is what I want to do at your company. Instead, you're saying, well, I was on 15 films last year, 23 music videos, and then a couple commercials, and here's a little list of everything I did on those years, all the roles I did, and um, here's kind of what my rates were, can we negotiate a salary? You do, You, you mm-hmm. don't, you don't, negotiate usually with your employer unless they bring it up um they'll they'll ask you in the interview what do you think is a a fair hourly wage to get paid sometimes i've had that in interviews fun fact i've only worked one job that's ever been quote unquote a salary i had opportunity to make commission and that was with the columbus zoo i was a front gate photographer for two years i gained a promotion halfway through uh and i worked for two years that's what i told them when i went in for my interview was when they asked me, what do you wanna do here? I said, I wanna work for you for a year or two and um, climb one rung in the ladder. At the end of two years, I did what I was there to do and I left. Never got a job yet at a corporate institution, a design agency, um, a video production company, anything like that. But um, why I take classes is because I want to have that degree in my back pocket in case I have a family someday and freelancing isn't cutting it. That's my only reason why I want to have that piece of paper. It's not because I think it'll get me a job. It's not for the connections. I'm making more connections here doing remote learning, like I was doing the whole online schooling before it was cool type of thing. Um, not to make a bad analogy with COVID. But, but uh the uh, the ability to do school online I think is a much more beneficial way for me personally to learn because I am self-driven. If you need a classroom, if you need a teacher, not the way to go. <laughs> but um, as someone who has taken the time to network and go out and work in the field while gaining a degree, it's been very helpful for me. If I were to have gone to school at a brick and mortar, live in a dorm, I I would hate my life. Um, I, I could not do it. I could not be in a dorm, uh, a living space that small, and just go to school every day and it's great for making friends. You get those connections, but it's not worth it for someone like me.
0: No, it's a, it's a tough call. And like, it's, I think really important to know yourself. There's a lot of societal pressure to go to college, to go to grad school, to get that doctorate, to be a lawyer, to do like all those kinds of things. And it's really important to just know yourself. And like, um, it was very weird to me to kind of think about like shifting education down on my resume. Um, Cause it is like technically like the biggest thing I've done right now. Like I haven't done anything else that was like as much of a time investment, but at the same time, I'm like, this isn't the only thing that is me. And after like, I went straight from high school to college and like, you know, graduated when I was 22, you know, and that's like most of your life you've been in school. Like there hits a point. And it's like, what, a, what else am I? Um, And so like, I've enjoyed exploring that. And I have friends who are now in grad school and they're like, I'm finally doing what I like to do again. So it really is a personal thing. And what's important is like, you know, having that equal respect of like knowing yourself, because if you do what you want to do for you, that's really what's cool about it. Like it's, it's less about like the piece of paper or the jobs or the whatever. It's like actually being in tune with yourself. That's, um, really shows kind of like a person who will be a good worker because they know what they need. They know um, what's best for them and they will set those boundaries of like, that's too much or I, I think I can figure it out. I Yeah, I can do that programming. So I think that's really a marketable skill in and of itself.
1: I think it's, I'm so glad we got into this because it's really important and not a lot of people think about the difference, uh, the different perspectives here. Um, in terms of uh, the jobs that are currently available like if you look at the freelance market you can find positions that are recurring but there's rarely any security and there's something about freelancing that scares so many people myself included where (laughs) you don't have a guarantee of payment and i'm not saying like the actual paycheck i'm saying i take this job next week we're shooting for three days after that three days is over, I got nothing on my plate. So I either have Mm -hmm. to go out and find the next thing, or I have to um, rely and trust that I will have something either fall on my lap or that I will make something work. Part of my mind is wondering at this point in my life, is that sustainable? Will I remain mentally sane if I have to keep living this way my entire adult life? Or should I just almost feels like it's copping out, but should I just cave and try to pursue a corporate job? And that's not a hit on anyone who does corporate video or do what we do corporately, where you're working under a salary, I have a lot of respect for people who do it really great work for a lot of different agencies. And um, I think it's it's a sacrifice, it's a trade off of freedom and schedule, uh, flexibility, and also negotiating what you get paid and what you do versus that security of knowing that you're going to be okay financially, you don't have to worry about it's a, It's a stress reliever. But in a sense as well, you're adding stress to by having to work for a boss. Um, thoughts?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Because that's it's something I think about quite a lot. And I think a lot of people from kind of what I've gathered, kind of leave the freelance industry after a little while, because they want to have a family, they want to settle down. And it's not an easy life to have, you know, like your kids and your dog. Um, and I think that that's something that's a little challenging for me. Like the the monetary aspect is challenging, although I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> I'm like, I've saved some money. I'll be okay for a few months. Um, but uh, like that's challenging too. It's like, okay, well, how are you going to pay your rent? How are you going to pay your utilities? Um, what if something like COVID happens again? And like there are people who have families and like are professionals and have worked on really big shoots and been with big stars and they have no work so me who's sitting here starting out is like okay well will i have work will i be able to pay for these things and that's a that's a tough question it also gets down to too like you it's very difficult to have any kind of consistency in your life so people you know i do martial arts and i'm like you know i'd love to join a gym but like can you really join a martial arts gym if like they have classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, well, you might be doing a night shoot on Tuesday and not be able to go on Wednesday. And like, like there's no consistency. And like, I love that, but I also hate that. And it's like hard to balance that. And so I guess like for the moment, it's kind of like, well, I guess we'll see where this goes. And if I get sick of it, I get sick of it. But it is kind of tough to balance all those things because I've always been someone who's like, loves and hates schedule. Cause I think everyone does a little bit better with a routine, but like at the same time, I'm like, I don't really want to have my days be the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, scheduling, I, I talked about this a little bit last week cause Nathan brought up the point of, uh, he is very interested in seeing how creatives deal with, um, scheduling and how they structure their, their work. And what he's trying to do is, is get better in that area. I am as well. Uh, he's probably a little bit farther along than I am in that area, but uh, having one one key familiar what is the word I'm looking for? There's 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 a, a commonality that a lot of us in this field and in this industry have, where I you, you phrased it very well. Uh, we don't want our days to be the same. There is an anti-monotony, I think, is the right word to use uh, mindset that people have where. We can't sit behind a desk. We don't want to do the same action and do a widget job nine to five for 40 years. We'd rather take, a lot of us, not everybody, but we'd rather take the risk to maybe not have some of that certainty in order to find a job that's fulfilling. Uh, And fulfillment's a big thing for me personally, and that's kind of what I've been doing over the course of COVID. In addition to networking my butt off and trying to get on as many projects as possible, is figuring out what is it that I want to do that will fulfill me creatively and personally, but will also allow me to achieve the monetary income that will provide the life that I want to live. Um, And it's all about figuring that out right now. And that's, I'm still there, still trying to figure out what that is. I have my skill set. I know what I can do right now at the moment um, due to opportunities that have come up. I'm doing a lot of project management, a lot of producing, a lot of um, logistics work, helping people um get connected with others and organize and um plan and budget and do all of these um prep things that aren't necessarily on in the field or on set the goal i think for everybody this year is to get back on set 2021 in some way or another Uh, (laughs) but where was i going with this i'm losing my train of thought oh no uh there was the uh the ability to figure and taking the time to figure out where you want to go, I think loops back to what we were talking about earlier and is is an important step for, for everyone, especially that are in our shoes at the moment.
0: And I think one of the things that has been kind of amazing um, is that there are like plenty of people that I've talked to, they're unemployed and they're worried about money, but they're more like, I love being on set and I miss it and I want to do my job because I love it. And people don't understand because they're like, well aren't you worried about the money? Aren't you, you know, you're on unemployment or something like that. But it's like, no, I do this because I love it. Mm. And like, I think that that's kind of unique. I think a lot of people, um, going through college, I got a lot of like flack for being a studio art major. Cause that's what people like to do. Um, Unfortunately. and I think that a lot of it came down to not that they were mad at me or thought I was making a bad decision. It was that they were making a decision they weren't happy with. And I think that says a lot about like our working climate, but it definitely is kind of balancing a lot of things, especially thinking about like freelancing, learning how to say no, I am very bad at that mm. <laughs> or like setting those boundaries of being like, okay, wait, I didn't know we were shooting an extra day and I have to be here to do this. And being able to say that, um, it's kind of a work in progress for me, at least just like setting those kind of boundaries and figuring out where to go and doing all of that is just like, it's a work in progress. There's a lot more choices you have to make when you're not in a nine to five job or a job that's consistent because you have to choose whether you're going to take every single job. And at the same time too, like every single job is a bit of a risk. Like it could be a terrible experience. Usually it lasts like four days, but like it could be. And there've been sets I've been on that I've been like, wow, this was like, an amazing experience. Like this is one of the best like experiences I've ever had. And then there are sets I've been on. And I've been like, Oh my God, I can't wait till we're done. Uh-huh. Yep. So,
1: yep. Absolutely. And there's a, there's an entire culture behind just trying to wing it that mm-hmm. you run into, especially in our area. Um, I, I, when I was in on that West Virginia shoot, I mentioned a little while ago, one of the producers or, um no it was uh, i believe it was a pm uh they they were talking about how um one of our pas basically left the chute a little bit ha- a little bit after halfway through uh and they were very surprised i'm like why they didn't enjoy the working conditions they were not being uh according to this pa's perspective they were not being treated the right way and so they left and like that's normal around here and they were very taken aback because they're from LA they they are very new to not new but they aren't really used to our environment where you you do have a lot of what's the word turnaround that's not it um uh pe- people will leave if they are not uh happy with the working conditions and they will uh you, you'll get a lot of people that quit or drop out for various reasons not only is it I'm not happy with working here, sometimes people are just genuine jerks, or they um, took on responsibility that they could not fulfill, or there's plenty of other reasons. I'm not just saying that um, our work environment is not healthy or anything. That's not the point. What I'm trying to get at is um, the amount of um, sets here are not as professionally or properly planned as um some would argue that they should be. And that's kind of an area that I want to help with is pre-production and making sure that people can show up to set, get paid what they're worth, and leave happy at the end of the day. That's like my mantra, I don't think is the right word, but uh, goal or or something I want to help contribute to is making sure that everyone is able to be their best creative self if they're in a creative position or their best technician self. That's not, a, that's not a word, but... And do their job, and be happy, and leave, being paid uh, a rate that they think is fair is kind of how I sum up my producing goals at the moment.
0: No, I think that's great. Like, I think that there's pre-production is super undervalued. I think because it's a lot of work, and it's like you don't see it really. Um, So I think that it's a lot harder in terms of anything to work with things that like aren't very tangible. Like, you know, you you're getting sound, you like, hear something pre-production. It's like, well, things ran a little less smoothly than they should have. Yeah, um, like, what
1: does that mean? How do we fix that? I don't yeah.
0: <laughs> like what even <laughs> is like, and always something's going to go wrong anyway. Right. So it's like, okay, well, could that have been fixed or not? Um, so I think that that's, that's really cool. And like, um, uh, my background is like, I did a lot of swimming and lifeguarding and like, um, I'm, I guess a bit of a first aid nerd. And like, I love it when we get those like call sheets with the hospital, like where it is. I'm like, great. I will know exactly where to go if something happens, like, you know, we'll know what to do. And like, cause I'm used to that kind of standard of like, you know, this is like the cycle of command if like an emergency were to happen. So I like having that kind of like things set up in that way, just cause like, if something were to happen, like I want to be able to fix it even if I'm just a PA, if someone like, you know, gets hurt, which, you know, sometimes it happens in any situation in life, people are shoveling snow and get hurt. Um, so like, it's good to just like do that so we can be there for each other and like, make sure that everyone stays safe and healthy.
1: Absolutely. And with that set as well, there's, there's an entire, like you said, when you, when you show up to those nightmare sets, you, you get on, you get onto set, maybe sign an NDA or you check in with the quote-unquote producer that is there. No disrespect to anybody, but I think you know what I'm talking about. And uh, you're like, so uh, where do I go? What do I do? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, Go talk to the director. I'm like, but you're the producer. (laughs) You are sort of the kind of person who knows what the plan is. And they're like, no, I'm just here to make sure that uh, this or that happens. And it's you you show up to these. One of the great things about set is you never know what you're going to run into. There's a lot of problem solving that happens it's one of my favorite things about being in this field is when you're on set you can solve problems creatively and it's very fulfilling Um, but one of the problems that you never really want to solve is a lack of planning and there's nothing usually as a technician you can do when you show up to fix that and so it's up to the people who are doing pre-production to make sure that that's not a thing and right now you have a lot of great shoots that cover that they're very few in number uh, the amount of people that are in our field right now that are. Um, pursuing really fantastic pre-production and I think that's an area I think we all can grow in so um, I'm thinking that's a pretty good note to end on not to uh, do this a second time but (laughs) uh, I wanted to say thanks so much for taking the time to come on and uh, thank you so much for just sharing your thoughts for those of us who have been sticking through the entire episode thank you to all the viewers and listeners uh, who checked out this episode Um, can you maybe give us your socials one more time just in case people want to go check you out somewhere?
0: Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. This was um, really fun and also like a lot of really good conversation. These are very important conversations to have, especially right now. Um, My Facebook is, again, it's uh, Rachel Z. Meyer, and that's Z like zebra. My middle name starts with a Z, so it's pretty unique. Um, And then my uh, Instagram is similarly Rachel Z. M., and there's a lot of like art sketches so if you see a lot of octopus sketches you know that you've gone to the right place
1: <laughs> there's a <laughs> trademark right there you should have a, you should have a logo with octopus or something i don't know i'm, I'm just spitting out random stuff but i thought about it <laughs> thank, thank you if genuinely and that's that is uh one of my that's one of my main goals is to help bring on people like yourself and give you an opportunity to just share and uh, let people know you exist. And uh, speaking of that, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, this is more of a a note for the video watchers instead of audio. Uh, Thank you to both parties for tuning in and watching this long if you made it. I appreciate you so much. Um, For those of you who would potentially like to come on the show and do what Rachel or what Nathan has done so far, um, please feel free to go to the YouTube channel and check out the link in the um, show notes or in the description below to find a form that you can use to uh, get on the show. It should be a Google form or something similar, where you can then basically share some basic information uh, so that I know that you exist and uh, we can hopefully work on getting more guests onto the show. I only know so many people as a host. Unfortunately, um, I can't get to everybody so if you are someone that's listened so far and thought like hey I really relate to this or I would like to come on and share my own thoughts or uh, uh, I'm a freelancer as well and I want to um, connect with this uh, group or this audience feel free to come on uh, just let me know you exist by filling out the form below and one thing I didn't do last episode that I am going to be doing from now on is making sure I mention the space that we're in right now so, um, Rachel, I know this is your first time here, but as a note to everybody, I want a big. Uh, I want to share a big thank you to the Sycamore Studios. That is where we are currently um, broadcasting or recording out of. This is a production space uh, with a podcast room as well as an editing suite. There will be social links and a website link in the YouTube video as well. Technically, these guys are a sponsor of the show and uh, they are what's allowing us to make this platform. And so I am very, very grateful to the guys here once again at the Sycamore Studio. You can check them out at the Sycamore on Instagram at the Sycamore Studio um, or studios, I should say. Either way, it'll be in the notes if you want to check that out. So Rachel, uh, for third and final time, thanks for coming on, I really appreciate it. And. Uh, Hope you have a good rest of your day.
0: Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Mm